Let's bow together for prayer. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children and with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. Father, as we gather this morning, we're preparing our hearts to celebrate the Lord's Supper. It is an extraordinary privilege for us as the church, as the people of God, to celebrate this Lord's Supper, this time of communion. A very special moment in which we remember the death on a cross of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we remember the forgiveness for our sins, the gift of eternal life. As we remember the precious blood of your one and only Son. Father, I pray that this will be a great moment of celebration for us. That truly we will remember how much you love us and care for us. And I pray that the ones in this room who do not yet know you through your son Jesus will be drawn irresistibly to the cross of Christ this morning. We love you. We adore you. We worship you. We ask that you bless those who have lost loved ones, encourage their hearts today. Thank you for all who are here present And our desire is to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. It's obvious this morning, you recognized it the second you walked in, that we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Perhaps those who are our guests today walk in and see the Lord's Supper ready to be celebrated, and you may be wondering, what are the rules? Well, let's call it an invitation And the invitation is this, if you're a baptized believer in Jesus, please celebrate with us this morning. If you declare Jesus is my Savior and Lord, please celebrate with us this morning. And if you do not yet know Jesus, our prayer and our hope is that you will observe and listen very carefully and prayerfully and that perhaps this will be the day when you will come into a personal saving knowledge relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. Now, I'm going to ask you to stand and honor the reading of God's Word today. Matthew 26, beginning with verse 17, where on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, He celebrated Passover with His disciples and instituted what we now call the Lord's Supper, or we often call communion. Verse 17, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. 
So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it with, drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You may be seated. I love the symbolism of the Lord's Supper. I love the quiet meditation. Now that can be a challenge sometimes for me personally when I'm here and I'm looking and directing and hoping everything's going perfectly and with our deacon body it always does. I'm so thankful. But I love sensing God's presence in this room as we celebrate. I love the formality of it. At least formality in a Baptist sense of the word. This celebration helps us. It helps us remember the death on a cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. This observance makes a statement, and that statement is very public. It is not hidden from the eyes of others. Now, unless you are wearing a button or a hat with a message on it, I can't look at you and know whether you are a Republican or a Democrat. I've heard that there are two things that it's best not to discuss at the Thanksgiving dinner table, and one is religion and the other is politics. And on the politics, I would say that's probably true given the day in which we live in which it seems impossible to discuss anything civilly. However, for religion, no, absolutely not. Our faith is not hidden. We celebrate openly. We identify openly with Jesus. So what are we saying in this observance? We are saying, I am a Christian. I know Jesus. I love Jesus. I follow Jesus. I am a Christian. Now, let's dissect that into four parts, if I could, before we celebrate. First, we are saying, I am a Christian. Sin is awful. Sin is awful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 
and uh, verse 3, the Scripture says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. In the 28th verse that we just read a moment ago, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. My sin is why Jesus died. Your sin is why Jesus died. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. In John one twenty-nine, the Scripture says, the words of, of, of John, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Now, now here's the truth. To me, your sins are really bad. To me, I seek to minimize my sin. Not allowed. Not allowed. It was For me, for my sin that He died, it was for your sin that He died. Our sin brought about the death of the Son of God. Therefore, sin is awful. Sin is awful if that is the price required for God to overlook my sin. Sin is awful if that is the price required for my sin to be forgiven. Sin is awful if that is the price required for my sins to be cast into the depth of the sea and remembered no more. Sin is awful if that is the price, if the price of Christ's death is what is required for my sin to be separated from me as far as the east is from the west. There is a unique joy that comes with forgiveness. And we say that today in our celebration. So I am a Christian. Sin is awful. The second thing that we say is, I am a Christian. God's love is great. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated His love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. Look at the intricate detail of God's love for us from eternity past as He plans for our salvation through the gift of His Son, just as was prophesied in the Old Testament and fulfilled perfectly in Jesus, from His virgin birth to His sinless life, 
to his unlawful arrest and trial, to his punishment prior to the cross, to the cross itself, to his very words on the cross, to the gambling for his clothes at the foot of the cross, to his last breath, to his burial, to his resurrection, to the gift of the Holy Spirit, all prophesied perfectly and fulfilled perfectly in Jesus Christ. In a day that dehumanizes the individual, we come to the cross and we see the immensity of God's love. So what are we saying today? I am a Christian. Sin is awful. God's love is great. The third thing that we're saying is I am a Christian and my soul is of infinite value. My soul is of infinite value. In business, the value of a person is often revealed by what his or her employer is willing to pay for what he or she does. If you wonder about your value to God, then look at what he paid for your redemption. Jesus shed his blood to pay for your sin and to purchase your salvation. Recently, my wife and I were looking for a piece of furniture, so we went to several furniture stores. You've all done this at some point in time. We were walking around, and I'm amazed at the size of the price tags that they put. I'm also surprised by the size of the numbers, but I'm surprised at the size of the price tag on on, on beds or on sofas or or on chairs or, or any any piece of furniture. But I want to say to you, they do not make price tags large enough upon which we can write your worth in God's eyes because you are of infinite worth to God. We're saying today, if I am I am of infinite value to God, and we're looking to our neighbor and say, you are of infinite value to God. So what are we saying when we take the bread and drink the cup? We are saying, I am a Christian. Sin is awful. God's love is great. My soul is of infinite value and worth to God. And fourth, we are saying, I am a Christian and Jesus is the only way to God. That's the only way what we're doing this morning makes any sense at all. Jesus is the only way to God. If there are many ways to God, then the death of Jesus on the cross, the brutal death of Jesus on the cross makes absolutely no sense at all. But Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if the words of Jesus are true, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And those words are true, then the cross makes perfect sense. And what we're doing this morning makes all the sense in the world. So eat and drink and say, I am a Christian. Sin is awful. God's love is great. My soul is of infinite value. Jesus is the only way to God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. In a few moments, we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper, but before we do, we offer an invitation, an opportunity for someone to give his or her heart.
to Jesus. This morning the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. Maybe for the very first time or maybe many times the Spirit has spoken to you, drawing you, wooing you, calling you to Jesus. And this morning it's happening again. And so I ask, I plead with you, when we stand and sing in just a moment, will you leave your seat, come from wherever you are, place your hand in mine and say very simply, Pastor, I need Jesus And a member of our staff will be here to open God's Word, to share with you, to pray with you, so that on this, the first Sunday of October 2019, you can come into a personal saving relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. Experience forgiveness for your sin, the gift of eternal life, a beginning again in Jesus. For those of us who've already made that decision In our hearts, we are saying hallelujah, and we are preparing ourselves for the extraordinary celebration of the Lord's Supper in which we know we are saying, I am a Christian. Father, may our hearts be prepared. May our sins be confessed. And then I pray, Father, that that one, two, three, or more who are in this room who do not yet know you through Jesus will come giving heart and life to the Savior today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God speaks to your heart. You come as we stand and sing.